So if you focus on your personal growth for this year, you're going to notice that it's going to make bigger changes than just you. Hello, hello. Welcome back to ProSide Podcast. I hope you are enjoying this manifestation series. I love it and I hope you're loving it just as much as I am. I think it brings a different aspect to what we're doing in terms of life and business and I've really enjoyed connecting with all of these guests and I'm super excited to introduce Kayla Parody. She is the interview for today. She is a yoga teacher specializing in emotional angelic healing and spiritual awakening in mothers. I do get her to explain what that means because I didn't know when I first read her Instagram account. Um, But she shares her journey of finding her own spiritual path through her daily yoga practice after her third child and how it changed the trajectory of her life and how she now helps women and mothers do the same through her yoga and healing practice. We talk about how letting things go can be the biggest obstacle, but also the most rewarding when you actually do it. I think this was super relevant to what time of year it is now. Obviously, this manifestation series was done in January for that reason, because we're all moving into 2020. But I think letting 2019 go and embracing what the new year is, is very important. So she talks about how to do that and why it's so important. She also gives her thoughts on 2020 and what we can expect from the year. Kayla explains how important having a meditation practice is and why tuning into your intuition daily can really help you slow down and refocus on what's important. I took it very personally and found it very helpful because I am always on the go and things can get a little hectic and I feel overwhelmed and always behind for the most part. And so hopefully... um, continuing on in 2020, I'm able to really get that under control um, by including meditation in my life. Because I think using, I used, like if people were like, oh, you should have a meditation practice. I'm like, oh no, spin class is my meditation. It's fine because like, it's just a place to refocus myself. But I think that's more just an excuse because I didn't want to sit down and meditate. And yes, spin is a form of meditation for me, but it also was very chaotic and raises my cortisol levels, I think, in my body. So um, having an actual meditation process that is quiet, I think would be very beneficial. So this was a great conversation and I hope you get just as much out of it as I did. So let's jump into it. Here is Kayla. Let's jump into it. And do you want to start with introducing yourself and giving us a little brief summary of what you do? Sure. So my name is Kayla Parody, and I'm a yoga teacher from New Brunswick, Canada, and I specialize in emotional angelic healing and spiritual awakening in women. And I do this because I used to work in mutual funds, so not doing any type of energy healing type of work at all, but I ended up experiencing a spiritual awakening after devoting myself to a daily yoga practice. And so, you know, I navigated that whole process by myself on my own. I was looking for support. I was looking for mentors, but I could never find one that really fit with me. And now in hindsight, I'm really glad that I didn't because it really showed me, you know, that I can help others through the same process. Right. And 
when was this? Like how many years ago did this process come about for you? This started about two years ago. Okay. And so you were at a, like a normal nine to five corporate job. Um, so do you want to just talk about the, like why you decided to start yoga, kind of what you were experiencing um, that started this journey for you? So actually the, the job in the financial administration, that was when I had my second child. So that was about four years ago. And after he was born, I had originally planned to go back to work. But once I hit about the year after my maternity leave was up, I wasn't ready to go back. So I thought I'll stay home for a while longer. And then it was about 18 months. He was 18 months old. And we were really gearing up for me to go back to work in the financial industry. And then I had a reading with a psychic medium. And she told me that I was going to have my third baby, which at the time I didn't believe it because, you know, we were actively not trying to have a third baby. You know, we were doing all the things to make sure that that didn't happen. So I didn't really believe it. And then lo and behold, three months later, I found out that I was expecting my third baby. So I couldn't return to work. It wasn't the right time. And I ended up staying home and, and being a stay-at-home mom and going through the pregnancy. And then once it was time for her birth, she ended up being a C-section baby because she was a breech baby. She was really big. And um, so I had to take my recovery totally different. Normally I jump back into exercise after babies and I do, you know, cardio high intensity type of exercise, but this time I had to take it a lot slower just because the recovery is totally different with a C-section and that's why I turned to yoga and it was through that process that things started to really open up for me. Oh, that's cool. And so you really went to yoga for like the physical benefits and then it happened that the spiritual and that side of the yoga came out for you. Yeah, everything started unfolding after that. And so did that happen like in your first yoga class or like what was kind of the process for that? Because I'm like, I know I go to lots of yoga and that's never happened for me because I'm just like trying to breathe and stuff. But <laughs> so how yeah. was it when you like got past the like physical of yoga and were able to just focus on the mental or can you just walk us through that? Yeah, for sure. It was actually when I started my practice at home. And what happened with that is that I started to be really creative with my flow. So I would just turn on music and start flowing and become really intuitive and just start syncing my mind and body together, you know, that whole yoga connection, actually practicing that. So getting away from the instruction so much and just kind of connecting to my own body awareness. And as a result, also, my spiritual awareness and that's when it really started to click and you know even the emotional awareness as well it was the following winter the following Christmas that uh, my grandfather passed away and you know typically when you go through those kind of grieving and emotional moments in life you know we all have our own processes but this was the first time that I decided to support my healing by rolling out my yoga mat and I did that and I had such a huge release and it was a beautiful process. And it was through that that things really started to click and they're starting to open up. And I started to experience more during my meditations and just during my flows in general. And I started to see the world in a whole new way. 
and eventually got pulled into uh, taking my Reiki certification. And then from there, things opened up even more. That's so cool. And so when did you decide to turn this into more of a business as opposed to just a personal practice? So I was kind of playing around with it, practicing with friends and family for about three months. But then I started to realize that the things I was seeing and feeling and hearing and even thinking were not, you know, it wasn't the same way I was before. And I really realized that the readings I was offering people and the healing and the connection, you know, I knew it was something that was bigger than me. And, you know, it was a process to really let my ego get out of the way and not be the, you know, the weird one, the woo-woo spiritual one. I kind of had to get out of my own way and realize that this is happening for a reason and I'm here and I'm meant to help serve other people. No, that's awesome. And so can you just give us like, like a description of what emotional angelic healing means? Like if someone comes to you, what, you, what that kind of does for them? Yeah, for sure. So like I said, I started with Reiki. So Reiki is energy healing. It's where you're working with that life force energy and channeling that through a person's chakras and balancing their chakras. Angelic healing is when you're actually using and working with the energies of the angels, not only the archangels, but also the client's guardian angels. And this was, again, something that unfolded. It was not something that, you know, was part of the plan. I was taking my Reiki course and I thought I was just going to be doing that. But, you know, these these energies just started stepping forward, introducing themselves, teaching me through meditation how to work with it so that I could heal other people. Oh, that's super cool. And Mm -hmm. so what does the process look like? So if someone reaches out to you, Um, Mm -hmm. what kind of the steps that you take with a client? So it depends if it's an in-person client or through distance, because just like a psychic medium can do a reading over the phone, you can also channel angelic healing through phone calls and video chatting and things like that. So it all depends. But if it's a local client and it's an in-person session, the, the client lays down on the massage table and I go through their chakras and I'm in a meditative state, you know, using my hands, working through through their auric field and their energy. And we go through the first half of the session. It's completely silent. The client is just relaxing. I'm taking notes. And at the end, then we, we go through everything that came through. And if it's through distance, then it's all over the phone via video messaging, or some people prefer a telephone call. Some people even prefer a total hands-off approach where they they lay down at home on their own and I tune in psychically and then I create a private YouTube video that I send to them with all the findings after the session is completed. Cool. So there's really no, like everyone has access to just depending on what someone's looking for. And what are some of the biggest limitations and obstacles that you see your clients facing? I know it's very subjective and very personal, but just at a like higher level. A lot of the times it has to do with letting go, letting go of past experiences, past trauma, and limiting beliefs 
you know, it's the ways that we hold ourselves back from achieving the things that we want. And, you know, we really stand in our own way a lot of the times. I see that being the biggest common theme that comes up. It can be releasing people that are in our lives currently or situations. That seems to be the biggest thing is letting go. Right. And that actually leads me right into a great question that was a little bit farther down, but because we're in the new year and people spent time reflecting on 2019 and now we're in 2020, there probably is a lot of that type of feeling of letting go or wanting to let go. So what would be some of your like tips or advice for people wanting to work through the energy of 2019 and what they had accomplished or didn't accomplish and moving into the new year? Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing I would do is really think about all the things that you're looking to manifest, really call in that highest vision for yourself. And then anything that in 2019, you felt you want to leave in 2019, you need to do just that. You need to leave it behind, give yourself permission to let it go. It can stay there and really focus on bringing in that highest vision for yourself for the year to come. And that's what's really going to bring it into full manifestation. If you focus on the fact that what you want and what you're looking for, what you desire is already available to you. You just need to get out of your own way in order to make it happen. And is this like a written practice or what are some of the tools that people can use to tune into that? If people want to tune into their highest vision, I think the most effective way is through meditation. Taking some time to ground yourself with some deep breaths, closing down the eyes, and just thinking and asking yourself, what would bring me true happiness for this year? What supports my happiness in 2020? Please show me the best and highest possible vision for myself this year. Saying things like that and seeing what comes to you. And is this how you set your goals? I know that we're recording this in December, so you might not have got to your new year manifestation yet, but is that what you've done? Can you walk us through like your specific rituals and routines for it? Yes, absolutely. And I actually do that practice daily. Every single morning when I wake up, I commit to sitting down, calling in my highest vision and focusing on how I can bring that in. So you can do it for a whole year. You can, you know, scope it out for 2020 or you can do it for the month to come, the weeks to come or even just the day ahead. So it helps a lot with anxiety and things like that, where people can really get caught up in their head with their to-do lists and things like that. If you break it down and just focus on, you know, supporting what is going to make you happy in this now moment or. Easier. Can you just repeat that last sentence? You just like cut out for one second. Okay, um, I'm going to try and remember it. <laughs> okay, I know, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Okay, so, oh boy. I'm, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> um, if you, so your process for um, setting New Year's goals and resolutions, you do it every day. 
Yeah, so I do it every day and you can really chunk it down. You can look at the scope of 2020 or you can chunk it down into months, weeks, or the day ahead. And so it really helps with anxiety for you if you have your to-do list and your head is spinning and you're getting caught up in the what to do next. It really helps to take that moment to center yourself and just ask yourself, what's going to best support my happiness in this moment for this day to come? And it's really going to help it to become really easy and effective. And if someone like myself doesn't meditate but knows they should be meditating, um, how do you Mm -hmm. start that? Like, what would be your suggestion for someone like, Kate? like, I want to do this and I want to tune into all of this, but I have never meditated before. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that people get hung up on with meditation is that they feel like their mind can't shut off. And, and that's the whole thing where people just, they don't even want to try it because they're like, I can't do meditation. I can't get my head to shut off. But the, the part of meditation that can really work is if you focus on taking the seat of the observer. So any thought that comes in, any emotion that comes up, just not letting it take over you. Just observe it like it's a, a cloud passing by. Just observe it with no judgment and let it be. And that would be the first step. And then eventually, as, as you start to master that, you'll find a place of stillness. So once you get that to that place of stillness, you'll start to get visions, you'll start to get sensations. And then that's another thing altogether, because sometimes people are, they start to get paranoid and thinking, oh, what's happening? Who's trying to contact me? And, and you know, that kind of thing. But really just focusing on things like, you know, God, not getting caught up in all of that and thinking, okay, I'm feeling tingling on the top of my head. Maybe it's my crown chakra opening up and things like that, right? trying not to let your ego get in the way, just staying really open and really aware through the whole process and not feeling like you're not in control because you are. Right. And do you meditate in the morning? Like when you're doing this or do you do it at night? What's your Well, for, for me, that? because, you know, meditation is, it's part of my work. So I do my personal practice in the morning And then I also do meditation when I'm, you know, working with clients. And then anytime I have a yoga class, I do a guided meditation at the end. And then also sometimes in the evening to close down my day, I'll also do a meditation. But it's it's whatever works for you. And honestly, if you can add in two minutes a day at any spot in your day, it's going to make the world of a difference. Right. No, I love that. It's definitely a part of my new plan for the new year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and you talk about intuition on your website and your Instagram. So what does that look like for you and tuning into your intuition and what advice would you give other people who maybe have never thought about it? Well, honestly, which I know it ties into the meditation, but yeah, no, that's okay. Um, Intuition is is huge and it can be a real lifesaver for a lot of us. I remember how I used to think and act and feel just a few years ago before these things started unfolding to me for me, and it's completely different from where it is now. 
you know, just for an example, and I know maybe not all of your viewers have kids, but for me, I've got three kids. And before it used to be a thing just to get them out the door and, you know, maybe they're crying or, you know, they spilled their juice or something crazy is happening. And I used to take that on. And a lot of people do, they take their stresses and they put it on their shoulders and they think it's their fault or they think that it's their problem. And, you know, they, they can't break free of that and it ends up making them a victim to their external situations all the time. So when you're able to tune into your intuition, you're able to realize that everything is teaching you something. Everything is a sign. And so everything that you see in your day-to-day life, it's telling you to slow down or it's telling you to speed up or it's telling you to challenge yourself. It's, it's teaching you things. And so it allows you to look at the world in a whole new way. And it takes a whole load of anxiety off your back and shoulders too. Right. And I'm sure that that is practice as well to just become a little more self-aware because I'm sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but the more you do it, I'm sure the easier it becomes. Yes, absolutely. Right. So you just have to like make that decision to start thinking about it. Yeah. And baby steps. And, and the more you start to notice it and, and the more things unfold, it becomes like a really exciting and beautiful process. Like think some people are like, Oh, you know, meditation is, is boring. And you know, they just can't get in, into it because of that. But could you imagine how it would feel if you are tuning in to your breath and all of a sudden you're getting visions and these visions are supporting the actions that you know, you are meant to carry out and how you can support yourself in achieving your goals and doing the things that you want to do. It becomes an exciting process. And, you know, you start to appreciate these beautiful things in life that you used to just ignore before. Right. Well, especially, like you said, because everyone's so busy, especially if you have kids, that you can really just coast by if you don't stop and really focus in on what you're doing and feeling. Yeah, exactly. And is I know that you have kids, but I know you specifically focus on moms. Is there a reason why you prefer, not prefer, but you've ended up focusing on moms as opposed to just a general practice? I work with women and mothers mostly just because that is my zone of genius, because that's where I've been for the last you know, six, seven years. And so that's, I've navigated these waters. So it feels like it's really my, my niche. It feels like my specialty. And that's why I choose to focus in that area. And for the people listening, whether they have kids or they're just super busy and even going into the new year, um, even adding something like, I need to meditate. I need to be self-aware. can just make your to-do list very long. And so how would you suggest, um, I know you mentioned again, meditation, but to really reconnect and reground themselves and not feel so busy on a day to day? I would honestly focus on breaking things down day to day. Like if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety and feeling really overwhelmed, like you can never keep up, I would break it down day to day and try not to plan so far in ahead as much. So wake up in your day and say, okay, what do I feel like doing today? And don't force a routine on yourself. It it will make a huge, huge difference. If you stay open and you do the things that benefit you day to day, 
it will help you to work with your own energy flow. So if you're feeling like today is a good day for, let's just say a high intensity exercise, you go ahead and you do that. Maybe there's a day where you're going to be doing some more restorative type of movement, you know, and that's just talking about physical exercise, but you can apply it to any area of your life, you know, really focusing on tuning into what's going to serve you day to day is going to help you with your massive to-do list. Right. And what are your go-to self-care activities that you do to, whether it's once a week or every day that really helps you um, get away from everything? Mm -hmm. Obviously, yoga and meditation are my first main go-tos, but I also love to take a bath. That really helps. And walking in nature always helps me too. And I try to just like keep my phone and any distractions away during that time and take that moment for me. And, and those practices are super simple. Anybody can do it. You don't need anything fancy. You just need to make the time for you in order to do that. Totally. And just a little bit on the business side, because now you're running a business. Um, mm -hmm. What have been the challenges of starting that up? and finding clients and all of that. Can you just talk about um, that side for a second? Yeah, so because it's a, a spiritual business, sometimes people don't understand what it's all about and they, they misinterpret you know, the work and, and what comes with it. So sometimes, a lot of times what I get is you know, people are, are wanting help and, and they wanna change, but they're feeling like, and they want the support, like they want the support and help from me, but they're feeling like difficulty with attaching the monetary value to it. And so that's the tricky part. It's, that's been the trickiest part for me. And because I am naturally giving and I want to help as many people as possible, but then you also have to stand in your power and, and speak your truth and you can't be giving away these services for free. So, you know, that's the, been the biggest challenge, but it's something that I'm starting to get a better handle on and it's becoming easier and easier. And would you say that's just from like your language that you're using for people or just being more firm in charging? Because I know whether or not you're in a spiritual business or not, even for me, just running like a marketing agency that people are like, oh, well, like, can't you just do this? And can you add that? Like that won't take very long for you. And so I've learned to just, you just have to tell people what's up, but how have you handled that and evolved yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Definitely telling people exactly right from the get-go what to expect. But then also it that inner battle too. So really taking the moments and the time to think to myself, okay, what am I actually giving people? What's the value that's there? And what is that truly worth? You know, and, and taking that moment to do that has been a huge practice for me. Right. Well, and because I'm sure you're the same that sometimes like you want to help everybody, but sometimes the potential clients that are already being difficult aren't necessarily worth um, sacrificing your own time and money for. Exactly. And sometimes those are the ones that they're not quite ready to change either. Like it might be, you know, they might be reaching out for help before they're fully ready to take the steps in order to make the change so they're reaching out kind of curious asking you know what's it all about and stuff but they're not quite ready to make that commitment 
for the full transformation. And I take that, you know, as a compliment now, I do my best not to take it personally because honestly, I feel like the people that work with me, they have to be ready for healing. They have to be ready for transformation. And sometimes that's difficult for people because sometimes it's easier just to stay where you're at because people get so afraid of the changes that might come in. Totally. Because sometimes you can be like, well, what if this changes and all of a sudden my whole life falls apart, which is dramatic and probably won't happen, but that's just how like humans think. Exactly. Um, and we already touched upon the near a little bit, but, and I know you're not a psychic, but what does, um, 2020 feel like for you? And do you have some sort of like energy for the new year that we can all listen to? Honestly, I feel like 2020 is, you know, you think about 2020 vision and it's been amazing the technology and how people are becoming more and more aware of the things that are going on in the world. So we're being exposed to all this knowledge and with that comes information of corruption and things that have been happening that before we we didn't even know we weren't even aware of and so now we're becoming aware of that and what comes with that is big change big change great changes it means old systems falling apart it means the things that aren't working are going to fall away and you know that will affect us not only individually but also on a global level within our political systems and things like that no oh, i love that and i'm oh, sorry i lost my train of thought too <laughs> um <laughs> hmm. I have no idea what I was going to say, um, but I have a couple more questions for you. If someone wants to work with you, can you, I know you've touched upon everything that you're offering, but do you want to just like sum up kind of the offerings that you do have? And if someone is looking um, just to see what you offer. Yes, definitely. So I do offer um, free online retreats monthly and you can find me on Facebook so you can find me at Kayla Parody, and my business page is called the Keeper of Keys. And you can also find me on Instagram at Parody Practice. And I'm also currently offering readings and healing sessions as well. You can get more information on that on my website at www.keeperofkeys.net. And I also do one-to-one -one coaching so if you're needing help with your spiritual awakening or maybe even a psychic or intuitive awakening similar to what i've experienced i'm helping women with that as well so you can reach out to me for that too i love that and is there a book or podcast that you would recommend Oh, yes. Um, one book that has been really transformational for me this year was Be, Feel, Think, Do by Anne Barube. And she is actually a fellow Easterner. So she's from Nova Scotia. And she's absolutely amazing. And then also a great starter book. And it's super popular that I'm sure a lot of people have read, but I always recommend is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I love it. I've never read either of those. So I'll definitely have to add those to my list. Yeah. Um, and if you could close out the podcast with just one piece of advice that people um, should move forward in 2020 with. 
or a tip for 2020. Yeah. For 2020, I would really focus on making your personal growth a priority because if you make your personal growth a priority, you're going to make positive waves of change, not only within you and within your family and friends, but also all the people that you interact with day to day. So if you focus on your personal growth for this year, you're going to notice that it's going to make bigger changes than just you. So that'll really help to support your highest vision for yourself and really bring harmony to you and your family and all the people around you. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that. And thanks for coming on here and talking about everything else. I think there was great nuggets of advice for people. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me.